Welcome to the NFT Project, a podcast where we explore the world of NFTs, decentralized technology, the blockchain, and all things related to the future of music. We're your hosts, Boy King Koi and Project DJ. On the podcast, we'll be highlighting projects we love, insights we've gained from others, as well as sharing what we've learned from running Project DJ. So join us every week as we find out how these blockchain technologies will shape the future of music and the world around us. This This is the the NFT NFT Project. Project. Welcome back to the NFT Project podcast. Um, Today, it's Project DJ in the hot seat. Brock and I, we're here um, giving you another interview. Um, And we've got Somi Aryan here with us today. You might know her as Somi.eth on Twitter. Um, She's a tech philosopher, author, speaker, filmmaker, podcaster. She's also the founder of InPeak XYZ, which is a new age education platform. Somi, welcome to the podcast. How are you going today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. Well, we love we love an interview. We love we love chatting with people who are just like head first in the space, who are really like getting their hands dirty. So it's great to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited about the conversation. So I guess we want to. Um, we'd love to start with your journey in, into Web three. What what kind of led you into the space? Um, what was your kind of first experience with Web three? Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, I'm a tech philosopher, right? So um, what that means is that I study the impact of technology on society, um, and not just on society, but on um, you know intelligent life <laughs> you know like really like going quite deep you know and and i believe that i guess believe is a very um uh, strong word uh, but maybe i would say i have a hunch or i feel that technology is possibly a life form in itself you know we always think of technology as a set of uh, tools and techniques that uh, we use to enhance our abilities but in reality, technology has been around uh, for as long as there's been uh, the universe and at least at, as long as there's been the uh, in, uh, you know, intelligent life. So what I mean by that is that since the beginning of Big, Big Bang, uh, you know, beginning of the universe, uh, the universe has been going towards a uh, state of um, complete entropy uh, and, and he, he death, you know, that's when the universe will die. And uh during this uh, entropic process, random particles have gotten together and they've created clusters. And these clusters have basically tried to overcome entropy. And when these uh, clusters, that, that to me, that process itself is technology. It's like every time you see like random particles get together and they have, whether you call it a conscious or subconscious effort in overcoming entropy, you know, that essentially that process of creating order, that is technology. In It's like a very, very rudimentary, um, you know, form of technology. And uh, what intelligent life is, or, or let's say what life is, life is when these random particles come together and actually have a coordinated effort in overcoming entropy. And then intelligent life is when those uh, random clusters of particle become aware of the fact that they are doing this and in in doing so uh, as they become aware of it they work 
you know, in a more orderly fashion to overcome entropy. That's really what all of life is about. You know, it's always about overcoming entropy. So from that point of view, you know, from very, very deep philosophical point of view, I've always been fascinated by technology, which is this concerted effort in overcoming entropy. And uh, from then, um, you know, I'm fascinated by uh, human um, you know, race and, and uh, in, in general, like, you know, um, uh, intelligent life being constantly improving, you know, having uh, this ability to constantly improve our ability to um, overcome entropy. And um, from that point of view, you know, technology is fascinating to me. Uh, and then, of course, the pinnacle of technology to date is the computer, um, you know, is what, what we have uh, been able to uh, kind of create uh, in our essentially uh, in the beginning it wasn't like obviously we didn't have the computer early stages of it was like what Charles Babbage came up with the idea of it and then a hundred years from then you know Alan Turing was able to actually you know uh, bring it to life Um, and uh, since then you know computer has been um, just improving almost exponentially um, and it's just so fascinating where it's going so I feel that um, in our lifetime we are going to see a singularity a technological singularity that's where we are moving you know towards and um, I feel like maybe I'm here at this particular time in history because um, I, I can observe that and I can you know um uh, write down and and like create content around it and like you know be able to communicate that Re- record maybe, the history in a sense yeah as it yeah. happens right yeah. Yeah. and prepare people so what, another name another kind of title that I give to myself is a transition architect you know it's like you know somebody who's like understanding this transition and helping humanity make that transition so it goes very uh, deep on a philosophical level but it's also completely relevant to the time that we live in um, so to me Web3, uh, why I'm interested in it is because of that, you know, um, idea that we are going to be living increasingly in a metaverse, right, in a digital uh, environment. And this conversation that we are having right now on this platform, you know, this is already the metaverse, right? So. Um, so, so um, I, I feel like in our lifetime, we are going to be transitioning into a new kind of species. Um, you know, we are no longer, we are already no longer homo sapiens. You know, I think we are already something new uh, that we don't yet have uh, a name for because it's happening as, you know, we are living it. Um, but as we go and live increasingly in the metaverse, we still have a physical body. So we uh, are going to... Uh, uh, cha- face a lot of challenges, you know, uh, because we still have to uh, live in in a physical world uh, and Blink. kind of like bring that <laughs> with, like yeah. So that's that's why I'm interested in in a Web three. So in in many ways, you could say that I've always been in Web three. Like I, like you can't necessarily think like you know even before there was a Web three, I was in it because I've always been fascinated by this concept of how we are transitioning from physical to digital right this is this has always been the thing that um for the past 10 15 years i've been you know working on artificial intelligence and then once i discovered blockchain technology i could see how this could be so relevant uh, to living in the metaverse so what you're saying is you're living in web 5 at the moment Tommy, right 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. I'm thinking like where we're going next. Yes. Awesome. And um, obviously, you've um, you've started your um, own company in Peak, which is an educational um, platform on these emerging technologies. Um, I think something that Brock and I always talk about. Obviously, we uh, we focus heavily on um, music NFTs and trying to bring artists, um, music artists, into the space and show them how they can capitalize on it. But I f- think we both agree that a lot of them are scared of like the, this new learning, and they're they're very much afraid to like dive into this new technology that they're not so um, they're not so aware of. So, how has that been um, for you in creating that platform, and what's the um, the feedback been like? Yeah, super interesting. So I used to be in a death metal band, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so wow, you... really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a screamer vocalist. In a death <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the truth is that um, the reason why I created Impeak uh, is because I felt like there wasn't any, um, uh, you know, very organized way of uh, teaching everything uh, that's happening in, uh, you know, in this transition that's happening as a result of, um, uh, you know, emerging technologies. And um, I feel like, uh, like as a educator, I have a very, very easy way of explaining things. You know, I, I'm, I really come at it as um, a, uh, in a very, very, uh, you know, beginner way, you know, from a, a, a completely, uh, you know, first principle, you know, I, I have watched so many YouTube videos, I have paid for so many courses. And most of the time, the way that they speak to you is that they, they usually um, assume that, you know, you know, many things. Um, whereas, you know, when I'm explaining it, with every single word that I say, I'm like, this thing which means this like if i say like a layer two you know first i will stop and like explain you know what what i mean by that you know before i continue right um and uh that is something uh that i feel like there isn't any platform that's like really capturing emerging technologies as it's happening so what what i'm building with impeak is that Eventually, we want it to be a platform where you have 24 sessions a day, seven days a week, you know, like every hour of the day in different languages. Uh, so not just in, in English, you know, in different languages for different time zones and um, in a beginner, uh, intermediate, advanced, you know, constantly. Like I want to build the biggest platform for learning everything to do with emerging technologies. Yes. It's it's definitely something that you struggle a lot with when, you know, especially being in Australia, um, when there's a leading educator in the US, uh, I struggle to always find, like, I'll find a good course or something that I'm really interested in in being a part of and it's at 2 a.m. in the morning and I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can get any value from that ever because I'll be unconscious when I'm trying to, like, be in the class at the same time. So you, you kind of you're definitely hitting a nail on the head of, of what's what's needed out there and where we're going yes. in, in the world. It's like we, immediately when I'm as a, as a consumer looking at that and it's at just two, it's at 2 a.m. and that's the only time I can, I can book in. I'm like, well, hasn't anyone moved past this stage yet? It's like it's the internet. Like just record the class so then I can watch it at, at, at any time. And of course – 
all of our uh, content is also recorded. It's also mm. recorded as well, right? Mm. So it gets recorded. It goes onto the platform so you can find it. But we also want to have the live, uh, you know, uh, giving that live ability to people to be able to access that too. So in different time zones so that they can ask, ask their questions. And also so that they can uh, connect with the community because all the classes are live and you go into, uh, it's not on Zoom, it's a different platform that's built into our own platform, you know, and you uh, you go in, you can, um, you know, uh, chat with people in the chat, you can ask your questions live. And you, we also sometimes bring in people straight from the audience into the stage so they can ask their questions directly. So there's um, uh, like, because sometimes if like, if somebody posts a question and the question is not very obvious, it's not very clear, we're like, would you like to come on stage and explain exactly what, what you mean? And then we bring them to the stage and they ask their question directly. Um, so something like that hasn't really been done um, in in the way that we're building it, I think it's uh, the reason why maybe is that it takes a lot of patience, a lot of you know uh, empathy to like really uh, try to connect with people from different time zones, um, and uh, you know and help them uh, build that. So that's what Impeak is about. Um, at least to begin with, this is the main part of it. And then we are also building an opportunities board so that um, when people go through these, uh, you know, learning curves, then they get um, uh, verifiable credentials to show that this person has watched this many courses and has, in, you know, or joined live, asked questions, you know, based on all of their different levels of communication and then they get verifiable credentials so they go into our talent pool and they can be hired or they can be you know working as consultants etc yeah i was just going to say like the opportunity to have you know web3 brands and companies and projects reach <laughs> go to impeak and go hey who's who's some of your top students we want to we want to hire them yes like it's, it's a perfect fit. Exactly. exactly exactly that's the plan yes um, yeah, so so that's that's what we're building. My uh, I also have another company, Smart Cookie Media, which is a Web two, you know, marketing agency, and there's been a great link between because of the marketing work that we do there. I'm realizing what companies need uh, in order to you know make this journey into Web three. So then we are um, organizing our courses and and uh, and lessons in a way that would benefit we really want to just bring in a lot more talent into the space just just on that with your um your marketing company in web2 have, have you had these conversations with your clients and go are you guys looking to get into web3 are they yeah. are they interested are they scared like what's been your um like reception to that yeah, I know. Very interesting you asked that. So our biggest client in my other marketing agency is Steinway Pianos. Speaking of music, you know, so they are, uh, we've been working with Steinway for um, six, seven years now. And we are um, very much talking to them about coming into Web3 as well. They're definitely interested. There are other, other uh, companies that we have uh, as well that a lot of them, um, they don't yet know the use case. They don't yet. They they haven't found that use case uh, yet. Like let's say, for example, one of our uh, clients is Neurocore Bioelectronics. It's a um, 
you know, wearable technologies platform, uh, or not platforms, sorry, uh, wearable technologies, you know, devices, um, they haven't yet found uh, the use case. Uh, and uh, I think that that's okay. I think like it's okay, uh, it's good to start with companies that have a clear, you know, use case. But over time, as tokenization becomes more commonplace, you're going to find more and more um, companies uh, understanding oh okay this is a very good way of tokenizing you know what what we are building i think that an initial use case for a lot of companies is going to be marketing that's why i'm really uh interested in like keeping you know both companies going because i think that in the beginning a lot of companies are going to find that uh, like um it's kind of like people having to figure out how to do marketing on social media, they now have to understand how to do marketing through exactly, NFTs exactly. and, um, you know, and, and uh, um, the, in the metaverse. Yeah, we, we're definitely experiencing a lot of the like similarities here with Australian companies and people we're interacting with. It, it's def, it's that kind of unsurety and, and not understanding the use case, but also just, um, you find a lot of the businesses you talk to kind of un- uh, do understand the fact that they know this is where it's going and they need yeah. to kind of just slowly monitor and adjust and, and figure out where they need to go in or you have, you know, other companies that are just doing really, really small drops just to kind of test what what is and what isn't working. Um, but the marketing and on the marketing side, it's still very much the public perception um, is still very, I'd say 70, 30, you know, negative, negative to positive as well, which is kind of, you know, makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I mean, what, what do you think, um, what do you think right now of the web three space? I mean, obviously um, you've got a lot of people, you know, worried about the crypto dive and i mean the the world's market um isn't exactly in the best place either what what do you kind of make of the um the space currently yeah very interesting you asked that um i think this is a great time to uh solidify the people who are um already in it right so like for example right now we are not targeting new people you know before uh, the crash happened we were and it was doing really well. So we got a glimpse of when there is an uptrend, um, people are very, very curious, you know, like after uh, around November uh, 2021, uh, when there was this big boom in NFTs, October, November, you know, there's, uh, there was a lot of people who wanted to come into the space. Um, and that was really interesting to see. And we had a really nice run up to around um, March, April, uh, and then kind of started to uh, go downhill. So, but w- that what that shows is that the next bulls and bull run, when it comes, uh, we are going to have a really big group of people coming in um, to the to the space. So, this is a great time to build um, for people who are. Uh, you know, the way I describe it, like the people that we are targeting now to come into our platform and and we want to build with are people who already have a crypto wallet, who already at least know, you know, how my cat is (laughs) into um, here. I I think he is, he's uh, finding a fly or something. He's really (laughs) excited by something. Um, 
So, uh, so, so yeah, so um, I, I think this is a great time to build for uh, people who are Apologies. <laughs> I apologize. Um, this is a great time to build. This gets edited, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. We'll edit it a little bit. It'll be fine. So, so it, it, to, the long story short is that this is a good time to build for people who already have a crypto wallet, who are, um, you know, uh, who are already in the space, who have some level of. Um, interest and, uh, you know, and, and, for, um, you know, the, the people who are like, um, who are like really new to this space, um, aren't going to come in right now. So I think that's, that's what we need to kind of accept, um, and build for people who are already in this space. I definitely think the run that you said like that, you know, um, like October, 2021 to, March 2022, um, I think was a great, um, you know, like PR, PR run. Everyone kind of like started learning about NFTs. Everyone's kind of like, oh yeah, what are these board apes? What's this? What's that? And then the markets dipped. Everyone's kind of laughing at us. But then when, when the bull run comes, um, and it's a great time to get in, I think there'll be a huge influx of people coming in because they've heard a lot about it. And now it's the perfect time to get in. Um, and if you think about it, if you think about it, um, with every bull run, a lot more new people are coming in, right? And I think the next one is going to be really big. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. For sure. What, 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 um, what date did you get into Web3, I guess? Like, you know, obviously you said that you've, you've been in it for a while, but what kind of, um, you know, signed up to NFT Twitter and that kind of stuff? <laughs> what, what was like, what was the kind of the term did you, um, did you join? Um, so I, uh, for me, the, the real catalyst was the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic, yep. I started to really get very deep into these things. You know, I, I started learning about, um, blockchain technology since 2017. Uh, and, uh, and, and since then, uh, the first thing, you know, for a lot of people, they, they got into the space because they thought, um, that they were going to make money, you know? So most people mm. got into it because they saw the price of Bitcoin going up. For me, it was the opposite. Like I, I got into the technology first and then, you know, so I, I was fascinated by blockchain technology. And the first thing that I thought when I discovered uh, blockchain was that uh, this is going to disrupt Amazon. This is going to disrupt Apple. This is going to disrupt Google, you know, and that's what was interesting to me. It was, it was first the disruption that it was going to create to, um, these uh, big uh, boys, if you will, you know, uh, and that's what was att attractive to me. Um, and then uh, NFTs, I was very skeptical in the beginning. And part of the reason why I was so skeptical was because I was like, this is very illiquid. It's like, if I put money into it, you know, and I'm building a business, I'm, I may need money anytime, right? So if I put my money into it, um, when I need it, uh, or if I need it, uh, it's going to be hard to get that money out. The reason why um, I changed my mind about NFTs um, was that uh, the communities. I was like, you know, this is like access to those communities is uh, priceless, actually. You know, like if you if you have, for example, 
like my my favorite NFT that I have is Proof. Uh, you know, like just to be in the Proof community, um, I get access to um, some of the top builders in the space. You know, and I, I can um, you know get to know them in a in a chilled environment. You know, and uh, that has been absolutely um, you know. Uh, like so so helpful and then in a similar way um you know like moonbirds you know do those you know what what happens is that when you have these nfts you um become part of uh a, a essentially like a tribe right but but in a in a good way you know like a, a group of people who are passionate about a, a non, brand non-violently um, killing way <laughs> yeah exactly right like a group of people that are passionate about a brand and it's something that you never get with web2 brands like you wouldn't you know like i'm a fan of apple but like i don't i'm not in like a discord channel with everybody who loves uh, <laughs> apple right you know and and uh or i'm a I can't really think of like this. This is a new phenomenon uh, that, in a way, that you just don't have in Web two. Um, you know, maybe some gamers who are very passionate about a game, maybe they might have a similar kind of thing. Which is no surprise that Discord has become, you know, the go to platform for NFT communities. Um, but in general, I, I see that you know it, it, the number of people who are in a uh, uh, in a Discord and and in an NFT community. At the moment, it's very manageable. You know, you know, most of the time you're looking at maybe a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, maximum twenty thousand, and it's small enough that people can get to know each other to some degree. I'd say that my favorite uh, number would be a thousand. I think a thousand, a Discord group with a thousand people, um, less than a thousand is too small. Over, uh, you know, like definitely a thousand to ten thousand is the, is the, is a nice uh, kind of number. So people get to know each other. And then, uh, you know, usually there's like about 20 to 30 percent of the people who are more active and you really get to know them. Um, and uh, even those who are not active, you uh, essentially have access to them, you know, like just by saying to another proof member uh, that uh, is building something great. I'm like, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? Just because we are both a proof, um, you know, member, it's more likely that, you know, they would say yes. Say and, yes. and then that creates a whole new you know, way of so that's the main reason why I invest in NFTs. I don't see them necessarily as a financial investment, and uh, that's like a you know a third order or fourth order. You know, uh, like but the primarily thing is the access to the community. Yeah, every every reason you've just said is why we feel so strongly about it for music artists is because yes. it's, it's a way for them to really manage, uh, take care, be a part of, and bring together all of their fans. Um, yeah, and I don't know why they don't do it. Like, like for example, I'm uh, a fan of so many um, death metal, you know, or like metal bands, right? Like, and and if they have an NFT, I would absolutely buy. It. Like, like uh, for example, uh, let's say. Um, I, my, probably my most favorite death metal band is Lamb of God. Like if Lamb of God has like an NFT that, that like a PFP, right. That money. shows that I'm a Lamb of God or, you know, like, yeah. you know, like I would totally have that, you know, as my PFP or like, you know, just, I would want to be part of that, you know, like, or Manson or, you know, any, any of these, uh, Ramstein, you know, like these, all these great, um, bands. I, I don't know why they don't do it. You know, if you should, you should really get them to come and, uh, join in peak platform so they can learn about it and then go out and build. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go out there and spread the word for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you guys doing to help uh, 
um, musicians get into the space? It's at the, at the moment, we've just got a very small project. Um, we are just building resources much like you, but not more in the course, not trying to charge anyone. Um, just really trying to build a tight, small community to, to begin with that we can <clears throat> do what we said, which is just bring more artists, alert artists to the, the fact of what you just said, which is just it is the bar none right now to me being in music for the last 15 years, the, the easiest and smartest place to build a community and to bring, yes. and if you already have a community to bring them close, more like more closely knit. Um, and also, yeah. you know, there's things like, and it's probably like the fourth or fifth time I've brought up Chainsmokers <laughs> on the podcast, but, you know, you have a drop like the Chainsmokers did where they just re- released their latest album and then you can have an NFT. Sorry, was there one of their singles? Aaron? No, Sorry. it was the album. It was the album. It was the album. Um, and they released 5,000 and out of that you get a percentage of the royalties of their streaming, you know, like so simple, so effective. Um, even a bit like an artist that's as big as they are had only a small amount of community interact with it. It wasn't like immediately sold out or anything like that. So it's still, that's how new the space is. And it just, that's why it's like, that's where, so we just continuing. I've, I've just finished up a, uh, I finished a spreadsheet that's got, you know, threads, documents, how to mint, how, you know, like just so many guides and guides and, yeah. and conversations in there to help. It, it's trying to create a safe conversation so an artist can look and find the conversations that they're thinking of and they're looking for in, in a place where they can trust someone. So it's like I'm just creating little bits and pieces like that and it's like if a new interview comes up that might and shine a new light on on different subjects. I'll, I'll, I'll just alert people to those kind of things as well. And the great yeah. thing is that, we're like, focused. it's we're we're working so like in it with such like a you know a small knit community, and we're trying to bring these people in. But because it's um, so small, like Brock and I um, and Jai are able to you know walk walk these artists through you know the steps of like you know, setting up a wallet what, or giving them plans on if they wanted to mint an NFT, like what, what their options are. So um, we really want to kind of, you know, give that give that nice close um, touch to it when we're trying to onboard people because we understand mm. it can be um, a bit of a daunting task, you know, especially if you just, you know, throw, go, oh, yeah, here's a YouTube video, here's this, which is why Impeak's so good because you can just go, here's the course, go learn yeah, um, what you Yeah, did you see want. actually – did you see, uh, I don't know if you've looked at MPIC, but we have, it's so well organized. Um, you know, it's like when you go into the on-demand section, you can mm. see like uh, there is a section that's like um, a guide for big, essential guide for beginners. You go to the essential guide for beginners, like step by step, it explains everything. Mm. So um, we can talk about, you know, doing something together uh, to, you um, to help your community uh and and definitely i would love to work with more musicians and and help them because you know through the musicians just like think about gary vaynerchuk like what he did right so um his community didn't know anything about nfts he kept start he started you know um uh explaining it to them and and then a lot of people who were their followers now imagine if like metallica does that right like they have such a huge community and they start to talk about hey you know what we're going to do these nfts and and um then people are like oh what is nfts you know so like they are gonna artists are going to be able to bring a lot of new people into the space 
yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Like even you saying that, it's it's still the the misconception though is the fact that you well, probably the misunderstanding I say would would probably be the right word is that a band like Metallica would still need to explain NFTs in their own language, in essence, because it's like they have their fans and the fans all speak a certain language to each other and they're all a community in a, in a certain way. So to just link them to an article, like that's, that's why, you know, what I was saying with the, the resource I'm creating, it's like there are, I continue to just add new stuff in that sounds, looks, feels different because it's, you just never know yeah. what's going to connect with, with each individual person. It's like, you know, Aaron and I came in off the back of, um, of Top Shot and just under seeing that and understanding and, you know, collect digital collectibles and where that would go and just knowing that eventually, as you said, we'll all live in some sort of digital format in the metaverse. Uh, and I knew that I'd want to rep, you know, whether it be basketball cards, whether it be my favourite artist's album, I'd want to have those with me um, in the metaverse. And it's I, I still feel that every individual fan group needs to find their way to communicate the, the technology so it can slowly move the needle um yeah move the needle a little bit easier i think maybe um one thing that uh i've been thinking of doing was like start to reach out to some of these bands and say to the um you know like to the lead person hey would you like to come on you know let's do a session together on MP and we will teach you know this stuff together just because that person is going to be so there. they can ask the questions yeah that they you wouldn't exactly. might be thinking of that their audience might be thinking of yeah yeah, Great idea. yeah i was just thinking about we could lean into your uh your previous band days if you want a little bit <laughs> if you want to talk about your, your music history I can talk about it a little bit and, and yeah. then I need to jump off. Um, yeah, no yeah uh, so I, um, I, uh, I come from Iran. Uh, I was born and brought up in Iran. I came to the UK in 2005 um, to study in St. Andrews University. Uh, and then um, uh, while I was there, I started a band. Um, and uh, as I was studying, you know, I started a band on the side. And, uh, you know, coming from Iran... Um, uh, and being a woman, you know, um, brought up in Iran, you have a lot of anger and, and heavy metal is, is a great way of, you know, expressing that anger. Um, so yeah, I, I started the band, um, found band members, started writing lyrics. Um, you know, we started creating, uh, uh music and then I moved to London once I finished my studies and then, um, went with the same name, but, um, new band members and we en ended up uh, creating two albums uh we had uh, um, a great um, manager in uh germany who managed some other much bigger bands uh, but it was always a hobby it was a side uh, project you know i uh, i was uh, a tv producer when i came to london um and before that obviously i was a student so it was not it was never a full-time thing but we did pretty well we um played some big festivals uh we um, uh, played with 
one of my favorite bands of all time, Hatebreed. Um, Hatebreed, uh, we um, uh, supported them, played to two thousand people in Germany. It was pretty amazing. It was it's a great. It seems like no matter no matter what you touch, it's successful. Hey, like even something you're doing it was, as a it hobby. Was great, yeah, <laughs> and, and I was actually we were on the back cover of Metal Hammer magazine, Kerrang magazine, Kerrang TV. You know, so we did really well. Uh, it was it, it was like a lot of fun, um, but it was not something that I wanted to professionally pursue uh, for a long time, and. A part of it was because I wasn't angry anymore, you know, like I, over time, I, you know, I kind of healed uh, through the anger that I had, I had brought with me from Iran. Your, your so, band, your band was your therapy and it eventually was, it worked. was like, to a great degree. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I think a lot, this happens to a lot of um, rock singers, metal singers, a lot of them have anger issues and then uh, you know they go through uh, their uh, you know their music they they heal and they are not angry anymore mm-hmm. and when they are not angry anymore the music is not as good anymore <laughs> and, and <laughs> they, well, a lot of times they continue like you know the pain goes away and when the pain goes away heals or, or changes uh, per, uh, like shape you know like right now I'm a very happy person and I'm just not angry I'm like I'm not angry anymore you know um, and it would be really um, uh, disingenuous in a way if I was trying to kind of go on stage and scream in a similar way because I'm just not angry anymore. I'm like, I'm in a very happy place in my life. And I feel like this happened, for example, to Marilyn Manson. You know, like he had a, an amazing run when he was genuinely angry and then you know then he went into the heart-shaped glasses and things like that and just was like oh manson come on you know like just you know and it's 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 just better to leave it at a high you know i always think like you know you you leave it at a high and and you become a legend but if you uh, uh, don't leave it at a high and continue to kind of play that persona you become a shadow of yourself. So um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's how at least my uh, kind of feeling and, and uh, uh, thoughts about that. Thank, thank you so much for, for sharing that. It's a, it's a great story and just uh, I think a real testament to obviously your ongoing success and, and work ethic and, and as you said, you, your bubbling personality. Like you can definitely tell your anger issues are far, far, far removed from the current person uh, you know, that shines through today. Thank you so much, Tommy, for sharing everything. Um, I think that's, yeah, that, that's everything for today. It was just such a great conversation and, and great to hear your thoughts on on where NFTs are going and great to have that cameo from your cat as well. So you. <laughs> you're you're going to keep that. <laughs> um, thank yeah, you so, so much. So, yeah, um, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll make sure to include all the links in the show notes, but, yeah, that's all. Have a great night. Awesome. Thanks.